Hello everybody, my name is Steven Dutzman and I am the founder of EngagedFamilyGaming.com and this is my ride to work. So, yesterday I started a new experiment uh, and you'll find it here on Anchor and I also shared it on Twitter uh, at my Twitter account, that's at EFGaming and also on the Facebook page which is EngagedFamilyGaming.com slash Facebook or Facebook.com slash EngagedFamilyGaming because we're fancy like that. So, <coughs> and I talked yesterday about, you know, a brief history of, you know, what is EFG? Well, I mean, depending on whether you were bored or not, maybe not a brief history, but I talked about what Engage Family Gaming was and why it existed and why it's going to continue to exist and, you know, why I'm excited for our future. Um, and I was thinking about topics today, um, you know, because I don't want this to necessarily be like, a, oh, I'm going to talk about a different game every day or anything like that. Um, but, so I was brainstorming some topics, um, and something really struck me, and um, I, I'm just going to kind of go with it. Um, I want to talk about how impactful the story in video games can be. Um, I know a lot of parents right now, and um, you know, a lot of kids are, you know, the games that they are playing... You know, everyone's playing Fortnite right now, which has no story. To a degree. And I'll get back to that. Um, you know, not in a traditional sense. Um, and a lot of people dismiss video games as, you know, not an art form and, you know, just, you know, kind of as trash. Um, and part of that is because we've all read books because we were forced to. We've all watched movies. Um, you know, and everybody has, like, you know, we've all listened to music, and all of us have experienced an art form that has impacted us. Um, and the, the thing about people who, you know, say these things about video games, um, a lot of it is because video games are one of the few mediums that, like, fights back, right? Like, when I watched Saving Private Ryan, that movie just crushed me, right, um, but I didn't have to work to finish the movie, I literally just had to sit on my couch, right, um, the same thing with, like, TV shows, right, like, you know, some of those, you know, people, my, my mom watches This Is Us every week, um, and every week it gets her, um, and I, I talk to tons of people all around the office where, they watch it every week and every week they cry and it super impacts them um, and they want to talk about it and they want to think about it and what it means but all they have to do is show up and in some cases with television you don't even really have to show up you just have to wait until you decide that you want to watch the whole show for a weekend and then you just do it right video games actually punch you back right um, Dark Souls is a great example it's a, it's a, a Japanese uh, developed video game that is, um, that has an incredibly deep story that is all in the background. It's all about the world and it's all about why everything is where it is, why all the monsters exist, why are you exploring this place. Um, this is a story that I, I have been told, um, dozens of times that I would absolutely love, but I can't do it because I'm just not good enough. The game punishes you for not being great at games, right? And so, unlike other forms of medium, media, like, I, I, you know, there, there are songs that make me cry, right? 
a bunch of them on the radio. You know, I saw a meme the other day. It's like, the older you get, the more devastating the Cats in the Cradle song gets, right? That's absolutely true, now that I think about it. Every time I hear that song, I cry. Every single time. Now, it could be, because I cry at everything. Um, shout out to the Olympics in a couple of years. That's going to be a mess. Um, but, you know, the, but at the same time, um, you know, they, these are experiences that you can just have. Whereas Dark Souls and other video games make it hard to experience the story in the same way because you have to overcome challenges to to um, to be able to experience it and have it impact you. And at the at the very least, for some people, those challenges can be a distraction from the immersion in that story. You might not notice that those decisions are, that those things are there. Um, I've talked to a number of people who have played Dark Souls who have missed important details or th didn't see something or investigate something because they didn't want to deal with some of the challenges that would be involved there. They just wanted to skip it because they wanted to get to the next bonfire or whatever, right? Um, World of Warcraft is another example where um, the challenge of the game itself doesn't prevent people from experiencing the story, but it actually goes another way. Like, the game is so easy because of just the nature of the way um, MMOs work. And for those of you listening that don't know what an MMO is, it's a massively multiplayer online game. Um, but, like, because of the way that World of Warcraft works, you get into such a flow um, that these beautifully written quests with all this quest text and, you know, interesting story, you just click through it and miss, like, fine details because it's just, oh, it's on to the next thing. I'm checking the next box. I need to go find these three squirrels. I need to bring this scroll to this guy. Whatever. So it's, it, it's the only time where either, you know, you get punched in the face or just the gameplay interrupts the experience of the story. Um, but I wanted to talk about the impact of stories because I just broke down, I mean, admittedly, I am 75% more emotional about things than the average human being. I cry at everything. I blame my dad. Um, not for making me cry, but he cries at everything and I'm turning into him as I get older. Um, but the, um, so to be clear, I don't blame him for making me cry. Just wanted to make that clear. Um, but, like, I just was thinking about the... I was thinking about a particular part of the new Spider-Man game for PlayStation 4, which I'm not going to spoil because I think it is, you know, like, it's a pivotal point in what is going to be a long-running franchise on the PlayStation. Um, and, but, I was thinking about this pivotal moment in this game that everything was leading up to that moment. And, you know, we all know the story of Spider-Man, right? Like, the, the, we know the, the puzzle pieces. What's interesting about Spider-Man is, between the comics and the movies and now video games, like, a lot of those pieces, we know them all, right? We know Spider-Man, we know Peter Parker, we know the radioactive spider, you know, we know Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy and Aunt May and Uncle Ben. Um, you know, we know many of us, and if you don't know about him yet, you will certainly learn from Into the Spider-Verse. We know about Miles Morales, 
Um, you know, we know about all these characters, but we don't know like how all the puzzle pieces fit. What's really interesting about the game is you really, you know, you know, it, it, when we watched Spider-Man: Homecoming, you know, we knew those pieces, and they were very carefully put into place by the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They showed us Aunt May, all inappropriate jokes about the fact that Aunt May is hot now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe aside, like they showed us Aunt May. They showed us, you know, they talked ever so briefly about Uncle Ben, right? Like we met Peter Parker, um, you know, and we met all of these pieces. Um, and then, you know, they, they were put in place for us by the movie. Um, and that's how movies work playing through Spider-Man or the official title is Marvel's Spider-Man on PlayStation 4 you know we were in we were introduced to all of those pieces slowly and because I had the keys because I was controlling the character even though the story kind of revealed itself over time like I was putting those pieces to the puzzle together um, and I think that that's a hard thing to explain to someone who doesn't really hold a controller often, right? Um, or, like, there are some people who have never held a controller still. Um, so, that, the impact of that story and that story beat, which maybe in a movie, I mean, well, okay, for me, I probably would have cried because I cried everything. But for, like, your average person, like, a movie, it might not have hit them the same. But, like, I was living in this world for dozens of hours and, like, really, you know, exploring and appreciating these characters. And all of a sudden, things happen. Um, and, and I think that happens a lot with other narrative games, you know, specifically, like, role-playing games, you know. Um... The Witcher, which obviously not a family-friendly game, but that game is dozens of hours long, and it's possible to play it for hundreds of hours when you take into account the various side missions and quests and the fact that they added three significant DLC packs. Like, significant DLC packs. Um, and if you don't know what a DLC is, DLC is downloadable content, like it basically like expansions. They add in a role-playing game, they'll add, they'll often add like a whole new map with new quests and new things to do. They did that three times with The Witcher. Um, but like these, you know, you get really invested in the story. And you know, my story, and I and I've talked about it, you know, I I tried to play catch up while I and play a bunch of games while I was not working in my day job, um, you know, because I, you know, as many people who follow Engage Family Gaming know, I was out of work for about five weeks. And um, specifically, I also had surgery, so I really was just stuck and I couldn't move around much. And so I decided to play The Witcher because I had bought it on sale and never played it. Um, and I, I met a character um, who, like, I actually don't think I can finish the game because I was playing as Geralt of Rivia, you know, the guy on the cover, if you don't know who it is. It's a, a very handsome man, um, right? And I was, you know, ostensibly like this mercenary demon fight. It was like Buffy, but like, you know, like a silver fox, like this older guy, 
you know, fighting demons for pay and running through this fantasy world that was not unlike, you know, picture medieval Poland. I say Poland because literally it was written by a Polish guy. This is based on Polish novels. And eventually I met this character named Chira Metz, who apparently was around or on stage in earlier Witcher games, but I, I had never played them. And she was a, um, you know, a wizard, sorceress lady. And I met her and I went on a bunch of quests with her. And it turns out that, th that there was like a romance. And um, I, you know, I went through the quest line and, you know, we had a romance and we, you know, and, and, and it, it didn't feel real, obviously, it was a video game, but, like, I was invested in that story and how their relationship would grow, and then it took a very sudden turn, which, I'm not, I, well, I, to spoil some of it, some things happen, she decides to do something that I disagreed with, and it turns out that we had a fight, um, and not the kind of fight that, you know, where we just kind of unfriend each other on Facebook, if you follow. Um, because this is a, you know, fantasy game. And, um, I, at the end of it, I, I shut the game off and I was like, man, I got, I, cause I, the game saved immediately. Like I couldn't go back and undo it. And like that, it felt like my story was over, um, because I was invested in that. And that's something that, because I did it, like I, I went through and I did all the conversation trees and I talked to this character and I, and it. Like, it really just kind of shocked me. That's a unique thing that video games have that other forms of media don't, you know? Like, when we were watching, you know, the Silver Linings playbook, when, you know, when they get in, when the, the two characters that are obviously destined to end up together at the end, you know, when they break up at the end of Act 2... Or the, at the at the end of the second act, because something bad happened, um, and it's you know at the darkest point in the movie, you know we're just waiting to see what happens, who breaks, who makes a change, right? But here that wasn't an option because I made the decisions. I was writing the script, or you know writing the script for my story. That was super impactful, and it's something that that movies and books. They really don't do. Um, now, this is to, to get into you know all the a lot of the examples, with the exception of like Spider Man. You know, we've been talking about games that are not meant for children, right? So a lot of people are like Steve. Why are you? A lot of people listening might be thinking, Steve. So why are you bringing this up if you are? you know, you focus on games for kids and families, and a lot of these quote-unquote impactful stories really only matter, you know, they really only come into play with M-rated games, you know, so isn't this something that we should be thinking about, you know, for when they're teenagers? And now I want to talk about a different kind of story, and that's the stories that they make themselves. Um... Because I think that is another thing that has a huge amount of impact. Um, my oldest son is 12. And as of yesterday, uh, my middle child, my youngest son, is 10. 
Um, and I think that they are at very interesting ages, and this is something that I'm certainly going to be talking about and thinking a lot about, and that they're going to think about a lot as they're older, because they both had a different game really grip, like just grab them by the throat, and I mean that in the most loving way possible, um, and be like the dominant game for them and their, their peer group. Evan, it was Minecraft, and we all think about Minecraft, and a lot of people think Minecraft is gone, and it's not. Um, Minecraft is still huge. Um, in fact, Google was reporting that it's still the biggest game on YouTube. Who knew? Um, and for him, it was about craft, you know, kind of crafting those worlds and learning and exploring in this like survival environment, but it was often very solitary. Um, and Jake, my youngest son, my middle child, it's Fortnite that has gripped him. Now, Evan likes Fortnite too. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a 12-year-old boy. He likes Fortnite. But to me, if other things interest him. He plays Fortnite because everybody plays Fortnite. Um, and because he wants to play with his brother. Um, and I cherish the moments where the two of them are cooperating and playing together and I can't wait, you know, and I love the idea, you know, I've played with them, but it's, but Fortnite's Jake's jam, you know, he asked for his, for his birthday, all he wanted were eShop gift cards so he could buy V-Bucks, and I know some people that listen to this and might have absolutely no idea what I just said, but all he wanted was money for Fortnite so he could buy skins and emotes, like he wants to be involved in the game, he actually talked to us about whether or not for Christmas we would buy him another account, like, instead of using the one that we have on Switch, like, buying another account with, like, older skins, so he could try and just get caught up, like, he wants to be in on that with the rare skins, and, you know, um, and that was insane to even think about, obviously, we told him no, <laughs> but, um, Fortnite is his thing, and we might think, all right, well, the Fortnite Battle Royale is a multiplayer shooter, right? There's no story to that. And Minecraft, unless you're playing like a modded, unless you're playing a game like with other people and, you know, whatever, like that doesn't have a story either. And I actually disagree. The designers did not create a story for Fortnite Battle Royale. And the designers, you know, Mojang did not create a story for Minecraft. But they create their own stories, right? Like, the story of Jake's time in Fortnite, um, and I've seen it evoke emotion, you know, not the same way, but he, like, his stories about what he has done, what he has accomplished, um, how he overcomes challenges, you know, those are just as impactful, you know, we, we don't tell people that their time playing baseball in Little League is not valuable or not a great story it's because, you know, just because it's Little League, right? And this is the kind of, it's a similar thing, right? He is creating his story every time he goes into a match and he's experiencing, you know, tension. And so it's not the same thing. It's not making him cry, right? He's, 
he's been frustrated, um, but he feels tension, he feels joy, um, he's definitely gotten angry, and that's something that, you know, obviously we've had to talk about, because, you know, anger coming out of competition is not a good idea, right, we don't want that, but, you know, he's felt tension, he's felt frustration, he's felt relief, um, you know, he's felt discovery, because he's learned new things, um, or, you know, new neat combinations of weapons, etc. Um, and, and that's, that's a story. It's not a three-act structure from a play that we learned about, right? Like, it's, it's not that, but it is still a story. Um, and the same thing with Minecraft, right? When, when, when Evan starts a new world to play in survival mode, right? It has a very set structure. You go, you step into a world that is completely unknown and you have to, dis, you have to survive and you have to find materials and you have to, you know, and, and you have to build a structure to defend your, and you have to find weapons and build weapons to defend yourself from enemies. And it's a different kind of story. There's no, no, no doubt about that, but it is a story nonetheless. And it is the kind of story that you cannot find anywhere else. The same thing with Fortnite. You know, I made the sloppy comparison to Little League, and that's probably not right. But there is no other form of media, music, books, movies, where, <coughs> excuse me, where you are presented an environment and you essentially are creating your own story every time you turn the video game system on. There's just no other place that happens. So, I guess the reason I'm, I'm doing this today, you know, I wanted to talk about story, and I, I know this has been a little bit of stream of consciousness, um, so, you know, forgive me for that. Um, I think this is going to kind of just be the format for this uh, Ride to Work podcast. Um, I'd certainly love to hear your thoughts, so if you want to you know, respond to me, you know, tweet at me, uh, on Twitter at EF gaming, or, you know, join our Facebook group at, you know, uh, engage slash community. Um, start the discussion because I'd love to hear your thoughts on story and its importance, um, or whether you think it's unimportant, you know, I, I, I'm certainly not right at everything. I have opinions. Um, but you know, I'm certainly open to other ideas, but you know, the, the, a lot of folks still, and it's 2018, obviously there are bigger problems going on than whether or not video games are valuable, um, but I think it's time um, to start recognizing video games, not only as an art form, but like as a great place to experience stories, and to just kind of give up on the... <laughs> you know, the notion that, you know, they're just arcade things. You know, some of them are, but even arcade games, you know, your stories are what happens in that game. The tech, you know, the term, I've been dancing around it, but just to talk about the term, they call it emergent story, right? Like it's emergent storytelling, meaning the story is what is happening in the game, your story. Um, because, you know, my friend John and I played The Witcher together, and not together, but we played it, and our stories are completely different, right? We 
because of the way we did it. So, um, you know, so I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, so, you know, feel free to reach out to me on social media. Um, and you know, I'd love to have a discussion with folks, uh, because I am curious what people think about it. Um, so my name is Steven Dutzman. I am the founder of engagedfamilygaming.com. This has been my ride to work. Uh, I will talk to you all tomorrow, um, uh, through podcast form. And then, uh, you know, obviously I will be around on social media the whole time. So uh, I, I hope you have a wonderful day. I will talk to you tomorrow morning. And until next time, don't forget to get your family game on. We'll talk soon. Bye.